You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show on the Salem Radio Network. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. How do we counter these messages? Tune in as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. What's up, everybody? This is Tina Griffin, host of the Counterculture Mom Show, a Dennis Prager-affiliated program. I am with my new friend and amazing guest today, Janique Stewart. Janique, how you doing, girl? I am very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. You had a full day. You were like speaking in a school. You did questions and answers period, I think for what, like 18 hours after that? Tell us about your day. How did it go with your pro-life movement, helping and educating students about babies and when life begins and conception and all the rest? Oh, it went very well. I think sometimes the students have questions or they have doubts because we live in an age where it's very much a culture of death. And even on social media, it's very quick to build an ideology from tweets. But the reality is, is it's shallow and oftentimes it's misleading. So many times, if you will just allow people to answer questions or to ask questions, then you can actually answer them with truth and ultimately it will set them free. And it's really neat. You're so right on. It's really neat to know that. Um, there are people out there, schools out there, letting us still come in with this message. You and I have a lot in common. Um, and I was just blown away by your bio. I want to read that. I, I wanted to shed a couple tears when you sent it over to me because you and I were on the same path. And sometimes we feel alone. Like, does anyone care? Is anyone else out there fighting this battle? And when I read your bio, I'm like, how have we not met or crossed paths in the last 20 years? Granted, you're probably 10 years younger than me. So maybe that's the reason. <laughs> but um, but you've done a lot. Um, Janique, for those of you just tuning in, Janique Stewart's my uh, my guest for tonight. Share this video. We're going to dig in deep to some issues that the major media outlets are not covering and what we can do about it. What are the solutions for this? And I'll explain here in a minute. Now, Janique is a graduate graduate from Greenville University with a bachelor's in speech communication. In 2007, girl, you joined the First Care Family Resources, the largest faith-based pregnancy clinic in South Florida as a sexual integrity and pro-life speaker. That's awesome. We need more of those out there. Um, You then were promoted shortly thereafter to become the director of your own pregnancy clinic in Boca Raton, South Florida. And then from there, you founded your own ministry, uh, Love Protects in 2011, which I want you to talk about tonight, Um, a ministry focused on sexual integrity and natural marriage. Two thumbs up on that. Okay, that's that's important. With <laughs> look at pop culture today. Oh, it's you know two dads and a woman and and, and a mom and two moms and a dad on HD HGTV new show that's coming out, new episode. So to have the natural marriage talked about is fantastic. Thank you. And that and then the same year, Janique, you joined professional speaking team of the Life Training Institute, and that's where you are t- today, correct? Yes, yes. You've got to fill us in now before we get into the hard to talk about subjects. Yes. Um, you just got done with the school assembly. You shared some content there, got a lot of great questions on your text to me saying, I'm getting bombarded with a lot of great <laughs> questions and then helping a bunch of students. How did you become so passionate about this pro-life movement? What in you was the life-changing aha moment where you're like, I can't just sit back and pray about it. Just pray. I have to get in in the game and, and start educating people. Well, for me, it actually started as a child. When I was in the third grade, well, actually, it goes back to I wasn't born and raised in the United States. I was actually born and raised in Germany, so in Deutschland. And my Oma, my grandmother, when she would 
take us to school along with my parents. You know, they would continuously remind us of what happened during the Holocaust. And I think especially living in Germany. Wow. Wow. You see old train cars and you know what happened. There was always this challenge that was very clear that said, listen, every single one of us is going to be one of four individuals. Very few of us will be the first group of individuals who are those who are the victims, those who are actually being discriminated against. But most people will fall into one of the other three. The first group were those who were apathetic. They don't want to hear about what's going on. They don't want to know because then they're not responsible for it. Yeah. Then there are those who actively participated during the time of the Holocaust. There were those who actually participated and even turning in their own friends and neighbors. So those, that second group or technically the third group are those who actually engage and are part of the problem. But then there were those like Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Sophie Scholl, those who said, you know what, not on my watch. I'm going to do everything within my power. And so that was always the challenge that everyone is going to have a genocide or a Holocaust of their generation. And which person are you going to be? Are you going to be apathetic and indifferent? Are you going to be one that actively participates in harming other individuals or will you be the individual that says, you know what, not on my watch, I'm going to use my voice for those who can't speak up for themselves. And so mm. being in Europe, and I remember in the third grade, I will never forget, there was a story about abortion that was on the news. And I remember asking my parents what abortion was, and they explained it appropriately for me being only in the third grade. Absolutely. I distinctly remember that that is when the Lord got a hold of my heart. And that's when it was really impressed upon my heart. And I remember that night, my twin brother and I, you know, praying about that issue and it never left. It never left. There was always that urgency. That's kind of always been on my heart ever since that I've always wanted to be involved and have always held that near and dear to my heart and have always tried to advocate for those who can't speak for themselves, because this is a human rights issue. It is easy to say other issues are human rights, but this is the greatest human rights issue of our day. I was literally thinking about that as I'm looking over the show notes after I got involved with the Miss America pageant out in Los Angeles from Miss LA County. I know you were in the pageant system too, where they're like, hey, you can't just learn how to walk in high heels and wear a swimsuit and put on, you know, a big fancy gown. Cause I didn't, I could care less. I still have a hard time with my hair and makeup. I did not care. <laughs> really about how I looked, which really didn't help me either. I probably would have won had I cared how I looked. It was more the, my platform, yeah. the mission, the cause. And I'm telling you now, people tuning in, share this video once again, uh, because the pageant for me was my aha moment. I was 20. I, I was pro-life for as long as I can remember, but that's when I'm like, you know what? Rubber meets the road here. We have to do something about this. We have to educate people because pop culture is totally promoting the opposite message in Hollywood about abortion is not a big deal. I just posted on Counterculture Mom Facebook page this last week um, ads that literally were glamorizing, just pop a pill and your problems go away. It's ridiculous when all these young girls have no idea the ramifications. And uh, and you know full well, a lot of young people today, we can't really blame them either because of what they're being fed. So we as parents have got to watch what they're ingesting, have these conversations, even with your third grade kids, because your life has changed at third grade. I homeschool my four kids, 11 and under. I'm constantly talking to my kids about these issues because I want them to be not a bench warmer in the game, not the one causing death, but helping save lives. And, you know, 
I really appreciate that you said that because I think that if parents do not, and I'm not a parent, I was a parent of a fur child, but I don't have any uh-huh. children. But mm-hmm. I will say that I think that if parents have an opportunity to speak that truth, I feel like they have an obligation to train them early and yeah. train them with the truth. Because if they don't, the media is going to train them with the wrong worldview. Absolutely. And then not shelter me. There people are like, oh, you homeschooled, you keep them in a bubble. I don't really hear that that often or it doesn't sound like that. But no, I don't. I just, because I've been speaking to schools and you've been in schools for how long talking about these issues, I, they're too young yet in, in my personal gut to have them stand up as a, a seven-year-old to what pro-life is um, or even be bombarded with the opposite message. You know, these kids are in elementary and middle school um, getting information from Planned Parenthood and how to put a condom on a banana. These condom relay races are disgusting where the the school, uh, the classroom divides in half and they have to put the condom on as fast as possible, yell out all the steps of putting the condom on properly. That's the junk that these kids are getting in schools. And then we wonder why they're sexually active, um, getting pregnant at 12. So kudos to you for getting out there and promoting the positive. The cool thing is once we speak the truth to the young people, so many people come up to me and I, I'm sure you as well after an assembly and they say, um, hey, you know what? I never knew this information. I'm getting fed this stuff from pop culture. My favorite celebrity saying this. I got these apps telling me this, Snapchat. Um, I, I didn't know that a baby was not just a mass of fetal tissue. Fetus means little one, people. It means little one. And so kids need to see the truth. And this is where I'm, where I'm coming to this. They would tell me, I will never forget this presentation, never forget this information, never forget what you told me today. It's a life-changing, jaw-dropping concept when you go into that school today, Janique, share that info. They will never forget it. And now it's just a matter of us praying for these students that they'll apply and do what we've suggested them to do because it is the best, safest, most God-honoring option that they could have. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I think that that is the thing. I mean, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. Amen. Yeah. But you're not going to be free if they don't know the truth. And having been the director of that pregnancy clinic, I saw it all the time where sometimes the very first time they had sex now, they're with child. Yes. And, you know, they're thinking, oh, what if I have this abortion? It's like a magic eraser. Yep. It literally is this mindset that it's just a blob of tissue because partially that's what they've been taught. Yeah. That's what they've been taught especially from social media and especially even from a lot of the streaming platforms, which is astonishing what they're receiving. I mean, even when you look through the, what they're receiving, the messaging they're receiving on sexuality in general is appalling. But even when it comes to the life issue, there's very much a culture of death, like the Pope said. And so we have to come in like you, a counter that culture with truth. That's exactly it. And the, the crazy thing is I always like going, following the why, you know, and I know you do as, as well, but the questions I'm about to ask you that are really, really um, rather um, sad. They really are sad what we have to cover tonight. And we're going to get into that in a minute. It's where, why is Planned Parenthood taking over our sex education in schools? Why have they for the last couple of decades? Because they're working with Hollywood, with the government, promote sex to our young kids. They get uh, pregnant. They're going into Planned Parenthood. Sure, offer our courses because we're breaking in billions of dollars over the course of the last how many years with, what, 60 million lives lost? 
Look at how much money that's generating. So for them to have control over the sex education in schools is a no brainer for them. Great business tactic because they're using young women's bodies as income. Absolutely. Um, it's craziness. But when kids hear the truth, they're on fire to say, you're not using me any longer. So get pro-life message out there, guys. We're going to dig in deep some pretty uh, crazy questions here, but they need to be addressed. So you as viewers uh, know what's going on and can get involved. Uh, once again, we're with Janique Stewart. She is a worldwide uh, renowned pro-life speaker and advocate for a couple of decades, two decades here and works with a lot of neat different organizations. Life Training Institute is where you can find her. The link is above. So if you want to book her as a speaker, please book her as a speaker. Get the truth out there. And she stays and answers questions. That is phenomenal. Most speakers speak and leave. And I tell people too, when they bring me in to speak, I'm not speaking and leaving. I'm not one of those people, oh, in and out. Nope. I'm yours for the day. I want to help people follow up because they will have questions and they and they need answers. Um, so Janique, can you tell me, and I'm, I'm literally asking this for myself and the viewers, I don't know much about what's going on with Washington University. I've seen a couple of headlines, but please explain to me um, what's happening with that and why would higher learning institution want to be involved with killing the unborn when potentially the very students they would be training up, they're telling people to kill. So right now what's going on is there is a sneaking suspicion that Washington University, which is a very prestigious university here in St. Louis, Missouri, very prestigious. But there is a sneaking suspicion that they are buying fetal parts, fetal tissue, wow. wow. precious broken bodies, and that unfortunately, like I said, there is a sneaking suspicion that they are maybe even using these body parts for research and possibly even that suspicion even extends to even the possibility of cloning. That, so that is some pretty demonic stuff. If you even think about that, we're God, we're going to create life out of life. Well, yes. And I think that's part of the problem in this culture in general that we have. This is really sad to say, but I hope those who are listening understand where we are today, there is very much a hierarchy of humanity where some human beings have value and they're worthy of dignity and we're in respect. But then there is another class of human beings that we can dispose of, that we can treat literally like trash. Yep. And unfortunately, there's only one group of human beings where it's legal to kill them. And that is with our unborn neighbors. And so what's going on is not only that aspect, but with this house bill that I'll be testifying about tomorrow evening in Jefferson City, this house bill is actually going to place a tax in its tax on the endowments. Okay. And what it's actually going to do, it's really good in that it's twofold and it's actually going to bring darkness to light. Because what this bill actually says is that if there is any institution of higher learning or education, if they are, number one, if they are providing faculty to abortion clinics, if they're providing faculty, anything mm -hmm. like that, then, of course, those endowments can be taxed. It's also going to deal with if they are providing medical fellowships. And that's actually what's happened with Washington University. A lot of people don't realize that since 2006, there has been a program in place 
And it's kind of unfortunate, but this program has trained over 120 abortion doctors. Wow. One of those is Dr. Colleen McNichols. And she actually said, and she works out of the uh, Planned Parenthood down in the central West End of St. Louis. But she actually admitted in an interview with Marie Claire magazine, which targets younger generation, that she's killed up to 31 babies in a day. But Unbelievable. But what medical program does is it actually trains the next generation of abortion doctors. And in fact, there's a benefit when they go through that program, there's up to $20,000 in tuition reimbursement. So to me, that's very scary that that's where we are, that we're training up our nation's leaders, not to be doctors that save lives, but those who will actually take lives. Kill them. Unbelievable. Yeah. And again, when you think of what does it mean? What's healthcare? Healthcare is caring for someone. It's saving someone. Absolutely. There is and, they, and, they, and they package this as if it's healthcare. It's the same with Planned Parenthood. Where did that lie? That is such a deceptive phrase in itself. Planned Parenthood, they do anything but planning a person to be a parent. It is so, it's so backwards. Um, yeah, it's, it's really sad. So my question for what is going on, and you said something earlier where body parts were used. Now, I this is a little bit different, but just to share with people this is going on. I don't know if people catch this or not, because a lot of times the secular media doesn't cover it. And if they do and they get threatened, they quickly pull it off the Internet. But about, I want to say, a year and a half, two years ago, I saw and read some articles about there was a University of Arizona where students in science class were literally operating on ba- dead baby brains. That's how sad this is, that that not only killing babies, then using them for body parts to have other students, even high school students, literally um, in a lab dissecting a baby. That's disturbing. It's so disturbing. And there's so much stuff. Like I have 200 guests lined up, Jeanette, to expose the garbage going on. And I'm just praying that you and I have, and everybody tuning in, We have to pray that God continues to open the doors with social media online. Yes, we can go door to door with a megaphone on a a moving bus going 60 down a highway. But the easiest way today is social media around the globe. And the big George Soros and his posse people are doing everything in their power to shut us down and kill our freedom of speech. We're always being censored. So pray together who's watching this that we continue to use the little time we got left to get our voices out there. Jeanette, I'm so appreciative of what you're doing to fight this battle. Um, Do you think the donors of Washington University, people that are pumping in donations towards that school, even know that their money is going towards funding abortions? Absolutely not. Because if you are sending your child to a prestigious university and Washington University is not the only one that is under suspicion for, uh, the use of these fetal body parts, I mean, even Harvard mm-hmm. is in question right now and, and several others, because really this type of medical fellowship, there's only one. I mean, Washington University is one out of only 20 in the country. And one of those is, you know, Harvard University. And there's a couple of others, even John Hopkins University. But no parent, when they're sending their child to go to medical school, they don't think 
that when they're going to Washington University or any other prestigious university like Harvard, I'm pretty sure they're not thinking my child is going to learn how to kill innocent human beings. No, who, who would think that? I mean, who would think that ever that that's actually what's being taught to them? No one would ever think that. And so no. I'm sure the donors have no idea. So how did this first come out? Like, was there a student uh, that was there that said, hey, you'll never guess what's going on. And then it leaked. And like, is anything like that going on right now with students getting involved when speaking up? Um, I, I'm not sure fully how the story came out. I know I was just contacted about this just a couple of days ago. So I'm not really sure as to what all transpired and i think part of it is to protect their anonymity to protect them as as whistleblowers which is important because people won't come forward if they know that potentially they're going to be penalized for telling the truth but i think what again this or killed well yes well i mean that's happening left and right people mysteriously Shoot themselves days after saying that, you know, if I'm found dead, it was not suicide. You've got how many cases that are happening with people coming forward. And that's why it makes it makes a lot of people scared to share the truth today because they don't want to be even cyberbullied. I mean, I get it all the time. I get death threats all the time. It's just something that comes with the territory today. If you're not getting death threats or persecuted in some way, we're not speaking up enough. You know, we're not being bold enough in today's day and age. Sure. Well, let's hope that's mm-hmm. not the case here. But I do believe that mm-hmm. um, it is important to protect those those whistleblowers. But I think that what we're dealing with, again, as I said at the very beginning, we are in a culture where people, it's easy for them to see the unborn as less than human. Yep. And secondly, if we value money over morality, and that's part of the problem, where money talks And that is what I believe is ultimately driving this is money, money, money. But if you show me that money trail, I'll also show you a broken ideology that says some human beings matter more than others. And I think the other aspect to this is from a scientific perspective, it is almost astonishing and so sad that when we're dealing with the medical community and with science, rather than affirming the humanity of the unborn, which science is very clear that from the very earliest stages of our development, you and I were living, we were distinct, and we were whole human beings. There is no confusion about that, that from the very beginning, this is not a clump or a lump of cells. It is a whole human being that never existed before and will never exist again. Absolutely. To me, this is what's even sadder is that there is an assault even on truth. Yeah, no, it's sad. And, uh, you know, even with people that don't believe in God, scientifically, scientifically, if you don't want to go scripturally, even though that's where I always go, because I trust it, the word of God, Christian, word of God, God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, because a lot of the term Christian so loosely used lately. But um, yes, even scientifically, I anyway, that's a there's links above. If you want to watch videos of the human development, you sent me some great links. I put those in the show notes above. Check that out. Dig in deep. There's some hard hitting, um, scary footage, but it's reality. It's absolute reality. So here is the biggest thing. We heard the problem. We can see it all around us. I I don't want Christ coming back when I'm a bench warmer. Just and prayer is important, but there's so much more for us to do than just pray. Jesus prayed and rested and then he did. He did a lot and then he rested and did a lot and then rested and prayed and did a lot. What can we do, Janique, 
uh, to get the word out there to help you on Wednesday. Besides us watching this video and sharing it, so more people are aware of this is what's going on at Washington University. I'm sure if it's happening here, it's probably happening at a lot of other universities, Janique. I, I, who knows? Who knows exactly. more places? Um, what can we do to be active participants in our faith, walking this out to help save lives and to educate the public? Sure. Well, one thing that we must do uh, we're reminded all throughout scripture that we are to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And in fact, in, in 1 Peter 3, 16 through 17 or 15 through 17, where it actually talks about that we're always to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have, which means give a logical reason defense. That's actually what apologetics means. Yes. I'm a full life apologist. And what that ultimately means is that I'm training people to give that logical reason defense for that pro-life position. So they can now make that case for life using the science that I just shared, the science of embryology, but also that philosophy to show that even though there might be differences between us right now, where we are in our current stage of life and the unborn, when we were in that unborn stage, those differences are not morally significant to say that we could have been killed then, but not now. Differences of size, level of development, environment, and even degrees of dependency. While they exist inside the womb, guess what? They still exist outside the womb. So they are morally irrelevant. So that's what we have to do is we have to be able to give an answer. And we can't be afraid because this is ultimately a matter of life and death. And let's be honest, Planned Parenthood is not afraid. Oh. They are not afraid to speak their lies. They oh. shout about their abortions all over me. They had a whole Twitter campaign about shouting your abortion. So if they can shout, I mean, let's be honest, if they can shout lies, we can certainly declare the yes. truth, speak that truth in love. Absolutely. And the thing I want to um, branch off of that is a year ago is at the pro-life march. It's phenomenal. I spoke there about a decade ago. Hundreds of thousands of people show up every January. Do you go, ever go to that? Yes, yeah. I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. Let's plan on taking a road trip together next year. Yeah. I might even bring the four kids. <laughs> husband can come along. Um, <laughs> that is one cool place to network and just pray with other people. Yes. The very next day, heart was beating out of my chest. I had a friend tell me, you need to put your pro-life shirt on and go pray for the women at that pro-women's march. I'm like, are you nuts? I might not come out with any hair. I might have a broken arm or two because I'm telling you, they're angry, mm. but below the anger is a lot of hurting women, women that have gone to churches saying, how dare you? You're going to burn in hell. Mm. Women that were forced to get an abortion and blame themselves. Um, whole host of stories I've heard over the years. I know you probably have as well. We need to share the truth and love. But if you've had an abortion in the past, because so many women have, there might be people watching this right now that have had an abortion in the past. I just want to let you know that God forgives mm -hmm. and you are not the, your, your identity does not lie in what you did in the past. Use that horrible situation that you went through, regardless if it was your choice or someone made you do it to help save other young women's babies' lives. Uh, that's what matters. And God will help your heart heal. He will lift the guilt and shame that you feel. You'll know that your identity is in Christ and not what has happened to you or what you did in the past. And a ministry can be birthed out of this catastrophe. Um, a lot of women that I've found over the years, even when I worked on set, I was on set with um, Jane Fonda and uh, J-Lo and we were on a set called Mother-in-Law back in Hollywood, 2004. And I have my pro-life notes and I'm getting ready. I think it was right before the Miss America pageant. I was getting my pro-life notes ready and putting together a presentation for speaking somewhere. 
and they start they found out I was a pro-lifer. And people started chanting, you're an anti-pro-choice or anti-pro-choice or, and I said, no, I'm a pro-lifer, not an anti-pro-choicer. Mm-hmm. You're an anti-pro-lifer, you know, that's, you know, but, but nicely, you know, nice. I wasn't like yelling back, but, uh, they started, they, they thought it was kind of funny and things got heated. And, um, towards the end, a lady doing my hair started like taking my hair and pulling it harder as we're having this conversation about the recent pro-choice event that was in Hollywood that I happened to, you know, want to tell people, don't be a part of your, don't live the lie. They started passing a buttons on set that said, um, vaginas are good. Bush is bad. That was during the 2004 elections with George W. Bush. And so long story short, I was in that heated debate working on set, but conversations were happened. Conversations happened. I'm like, Lord, give me the right words to say, the right uh, things, you know, the right people that come across my path because God can use you anywhere. It was, it was a heated deal. And this is 2004 in Hollywood, not 2020 in Hollywood. I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to survive out there today, but we need to share the truth and love, get the message out there because so many people are hurting from the past. A lot of these women I've met on set and met at these uh, women's marches, they've had an abortion in the past and there is a lot of hurt deep inside and they jump on the bandwagon of Planned Parenthood and pro-choice, which is really honestly pro-murder, because they want to justify what they did in the past. But that will not heal your heart. That will not get you with Christ. That will not have you saved. And that will not allow you. It's blocking you from being used by God. So ask God for forgiveness. Uh, you will receive forgiveness. Um, Jesus knew what was going to happen to you b- before it happened to you. And so, Janique, I just, oh, I thank you so much for doing what you do. I know it's a very hard job. I can literally say I know what you're going through. I know there's days you probably want to wave the white flag, and you can't. No, we can't. There's too much at stake. And I do want to say, um, I agree with everything you just said, but I think that what's beautiful about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he gives us permission to grieve and permission to receive, receive his forgiveness. Amen. I think that when we receive his forgiveness, I think there is permission to grieve, but also to receive forgiveness from ourselves. And I think a lot of people, they have not forgiven themselves. And part of it is still wanting to justify. Yes. You said that's actually going to rob them of that healing. Yes. And so that's what we want to do is just set people free. Oh. No condemnation in that. It's just you know, move forward, but also speak up so that others don't go down that same path and also have that same regret. Yes. And I have a wild question. And, you know, sometimes I'm asking a question like, should I ask it? Should I not? What if I don't know the answer? What if my answer is wrong? But this is one of those situations. I believe, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Someday, if a woman receives Jesus right now watching this, um, is it safe to say that she will be reunited with the baby she might have aborted or babies? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do believe that. I do believe that. I mean, there is some, possibly some context there in scripture with King Solomon and, um, and, and his actually King Solomon. No, that's actually King David's baby. Um, when he lost his child after having sinned with, um, having had the affair with Bathsheba. Yes. So I, I think that some people actually refer to that, that, you know, we may see those who have been through that abortion, they may see those babies again. Um, 
I do believe we're probably going to have a very different mindset. So I think a lot of times people think in heaven that they're going to have all these regrets, but we have a new mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're, whole, we're new beings and uh, we have enhanced knowledge at that point. But um, I think that there is hope that we will be reunited with, with our loved ones. And sometimes it also includes, just like that also includes babies that have passed away through a miscarriage. Yes. We, as, uh, as women, some people have been through an abortion. Others have been through a miscarriage. And I think sometimes we don't talk about the, the grief, even that can happen through a miscarriage, which is natural and normal. But a lot of times, even the term miscarriage seems to imply a fault of that woman. Yeah, that's so true. And it's not. No, we have to be very careful and very sensitive how we how we use our words in general. But regardless, if we use our tone and let our tone and our words be full of grace and seasoned with salt, then we will be able to know how to answer everyone. You are amazing. I I completely agree. So those of you out there, you might have resentment, anger, fear of, of possibly having an abortion in the past or watching this. And, you know, someone that's had one in the past, there is freedom in Christ ask for forgiveness, it will be given, and then use that platform to help share your story with the masses. Healing will come as a result, and you will save babies' lives as a result. That's phenomenal. I love getting the email saying, because of you, my cousin who heard your school assembly decided not to kill himself. That is what gets me through the days of the Satanist saying you're going to burn in hell or a witch coven canceling a school assembly that I might go to. Yeah. those kind of stories. Yes. All that has happened. I'm sure you have your, we could write a book girl. We could write a book. <laughs> we could. So everybody out there, I just want to once again, thank you, Janique for joining us, share this video to get this out to the masses. Do you mind, do you yeah. mind me to share um, some action steps? Yes. Share some action steps. And I got to make sure that everybody knows what's going on here in the next uh, five days. So go for it girl. Okay. So tomorrow, February 26th, There is a House committee meeting there in Jefferson City at 6 p.m. in the House committee hearing room one. And we will be testifying about this House Bill 1522. But people can actually, and you do not have to be from this state, but you can actually call Speaker Elijah Har at 573-751-2210. Again, that's 573-751-2210 to thank him for his leadership on this issue and, of course, you to ask him to, hey, let, let's ensure it's passage. But you can also call the Senate floor leader, Caleb Rowden, at 573-751-3931. Again, that's 573-751-3931 to ask him to place this for a floor vote in the Senate. So I will definitely share this information with you. But like I said, you do not have to be from Missouri to call and ask these men to do this. But we have to remember the implications of what's going on with this bill and with Washington University, it really kind of sets the tone for the entire nation with regards to our higher, our institutions of higher learning and whether or not they are training up a generation of future doctors to not engage in health care, but sadly to destroy life. Wow. You are um, fantastic. Let's get these doctors, get their head on straight. If you're wanting who to witness to people, go show up at this hearing. Be a part of it. Uh, you're, that's going to be happening in Jefferson City, Missouri? Yes, Jefferson City, Missouri, 6 p.m. tomorrow. 6 p.m. tomorrow, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Perfect. 
All right, people, share this, especially if you're living in Missouri. I just moved from Missouri. So hopefully some posse here that are watching this show tonight will say, hey, Tina, what's up? I'll be there. Yes. Um, so have at it. Janique, before I let you go, I just want to let the uh, listeners know here what's going on in the next upcoming days. I'm heading right now to the National Religious Broadcasters event in Nashville, Tennessee. I'll be interviewing about 10 different people from a Boston Marathon bomber who survived, not the bomber, a victim of the Boston Marathon bomb and uh, her whole story, how she survived and what she's doing today to spread Christ around the country. She lost her left leg um, and decided to go back and run in the race. This is crazy. So I'm going to have her on. I remember her. Great. Yeah. Rebecca Gregory. And then I have another really neat uh, woman that I'm uh, I'm talking to, Tracy Lynn um, Russell. She has a podcast and it talks about how she was married her husband left her and they got remarried and he found the lord in that during the separation period so hope for everybody's out there even though it seems like everything's on fire lately today people don't give up hope um but tune in the counterculture mom the page the group page has a lot of satanists on it we need to be praying for them um the group is a welcoming group of people uh that can leave comments post their own stories jump on counterculture mom group I do not hate anybody. I just want to get that out there. I want the truth out there. I want to help save the masses with the cause of Christ because I believe he's right around the corner, Janique. I really do. I believe he's right around the corner. So share this video. Tune in this week for my uh, different videos and interviews from National Religious Broadcasters event. I'll be hosting with Overcomers TV, Mike Lindell's new channel. You got to check it out. It's going to be great. Download our Counterculture Mom app. There's a ton of features on there. The new one's coming out in a month. It, it pops out notifications. This interview will be coming right out through that app, Counterculture Mom app, so you know what's going on from Hollywood, the Hollywood hogwash, how to stop it, and to be ahead of the game. So you know what's going to be released before your kids find out and tell you a horror story when they're getting off the school bus in the afternoon. Also, check out the links above. A lot of great info on the links above to connect with Janique. Bring her to your school, your church, a tour bus, have her open for a band, the uh we got to do a tour i keep i keep saying that with all my friends around here that have the same heart and passion let's get an event and plan something together if you want either of us counterculturemom.com or you can go to your website again girl yes uh, prolifetraining.com and then also loveprotects.com perfect i'll make sure all that's above and if you guys have any questions about this interview go ahead and post it below and we will get back to you and answer anything that we've uh that we have that can help you out with that Find your calling and passion. We need people. Christ will uh, will be faced with Christ and he will judge us on how we spent our days and how we spent our cash while we're on the earth. He gave us a job to do. No, it's not easy. And some of it's unpaid and volunteer basis, but he'll provide the doors. He'll provide the opportunities. He's not going to give you a dream in your heart and then tell you, well, it's going to be another five years before you start it. You know, I really haven't had it all lined up yet. That's not how God works. Um, take one foot in front of the other. Yes, it's hard. Yes, you and I get persecuted. Many other friends that we know that are on the front of the lines do get attacked, but it is so worth it when we know we're doing what God's called us to do and we know that's our validation that we're doing something right. So Janique, high five from Nashville out there in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, St. Louis, Missouri. Go to it on Wednesday. I'll be praying for you tomorrow night. Let us know how it goes. And you better keep in touch, girl. And uh, thank you. Keep at it. If I can't keep up or go somewhere, I'm calling you to to go for me. So be ready. Yes, I'm ready. Thank you so much. So great 
to be on your show. Thank you. Oh, no worries. Have a great night, you guys. Don't forget to share this program with your family and friends so we can change lives together. Until next time, this is Tina Griffin, the Counterculture Mom, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin on the Salem Radio Network. Check out all of our helpful resources at counterculturemom.com. You can also get our free parent media guide loaded with positive entertainment options by texting the word GUIDE to the number 55444. And don't forget to download the new Counterculture Mom app to get critical pop culture alerts straight to your phone.